This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Radio.com Sports presents Bet Sweats with Joe Ostrowski. Breaking down the latest in sports betting. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, this is Bet Sweats on the BetQL Audio Network, Thursday, January 21st, getting set for Championship Sunday. So we're bringing on a couple of really, really smart people. Uh, So you're going to want to listen to those interviews before you get all of your bets in for Sunday. Adam Chernoff will talk about the market, how that's uh, moved around a bit, get his plays for AFC and NFC Championship games. Also, Matt Bowen will break down the matchups with us today. I'm at Joe0670. Ross is at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. We are live 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time on the very free radio.com app. You can watch us live, radio.com slash BetSweats. Follow the show on Twitter at BetSweats. Leave us five stars on iTunes. We would appreciate it. Eli is out today, but I know he's still working. Ross, I am fascinated by this dynamic. So on the rundown, it says the producer, I forgot if it says producer or executive producer, says Jake Galley, it says director Dylan Burns per usual. So what I'm wondering, is there a bit of a power struggle here? Does it mean that Dylan Burns is like the QB3 on the team? Is he on the practice squad? Because he is here working on this show more often or just for consistency is he the director? Is there any difference between the EP and the director? What do you think? Well, listen, there's a couple of things that we need to say here right away. First of all, I love that Jake Galley just <laughs> glides right into the executive producer role, right? Like, he's not just the producer today. He's the executive producer. He just slides right in to Eli's title of being executive producer no problem. And by the way, already doing an outstanding job. I already feel better about the start of the show than I do when Eli's here. So I think Jake Galley is an outstanding executive producer. Your point about Dylan Burns is a good one, though, because Dylan Burns, I think he's the only guy that's here every day. Like one way or the other, I feel like Dylan Burns is here every day. So we might have a situation here where the director is actually more vital to the show mm. than the executive producer. The executive producer is just a fancy title Eli gave himself <laughs> when really we don't need that person. All we need is me, you, and Dylan. As far as I can tell, Joe, from my end, okay, we need Dylan to run the show, push the button, tell us when we're back from break, blah, blah, blah. We need you and me to kick some ass talking about sports and betting. We don't really need the executive producer. I mean, Jake Galley is just here for support, emotional support. And I think Eli's function is to give us something to make fun of or bust his chops when we're bored or we feel like it. 
and to be a suit. Jake Galley is no suit. So we feel more comfortable today. We're always worried that Eli's going to run to management with, with anything that happens in the show. You know, Jake Galley's no rat. So we're feeling good on this Thursday. I think it's the same situation tomorrow. Uh, this is Ross's uh, last show of the week, last show before Championship Sunday. So we're going to be breaking down all these games. I, I got to tell you, uh, throughout the week, Ross, uh, you brought me down a bit, just a little bit of hair, uh, talking about how there are only three games left. But I'm looking at it the other way. I refuse to have any of that uh, for this championship Sunday. I, I look at it and say, okay, we are 17 days away from the Super Bowl. Not to skip ahead too much, but it's kind of like going to your favorite restaurant and here comes the appetizer. It's here. That's how I felt this morning when I'm checking my email because they are starting to trickle in. They're starting to trickle in before we even have the matchup. I'm getting odds on various Super Bowl props. Like how many times are they going to say Biden? Will Biden be in attendance? What will be said first, 2020, 2021? What will be said first, mask or coronavirus? The length of the anthem is set at one minute and 57 seconds. Uh, will there be a COVID vaccine commercial? No is the big favorite at minus 500. This is awesome, man. First song for the halftime performance. Will Michael Jackson hologram appear with the weekend during the halftime show? Love that stuff. So that's what I'm focusing in on championship Sunday. And then right when we get back after that, we get to talk for two weeks about Super Bowl and Super Bowl props. You know, I totally agree. And I'm bummed out that tomorrow I'll be traveling to Kansas City so I can't be on the show. And then Monday I'm flying back from Kansas City so I can't be on the show. But this will also be the last game I'm at, Joe. It'll be the 27th and final football game for me this year. I did. How about this? 13 in the booth college for CBS Sports. 13 in the booth uh, radio NFL for Westwood One. And now I got one on the sideline, although as we've talked about, I'm not actually allowed to be on the sideline. So I think I'm just in the stands, which is a little bit different. And we'll have to figure out what I should do there, what my strategy should be. But I'm very much looking forward to it. Should be awesome. Um, the thing I would say is what I'm really into these days is looking at different books looking at different books that are up and seeing different spreads. For example, like points bet right now, the Packers are laying three, Joe. Mm -hmm. But on another book I'm looking at, the Packers are laying three and a half. It's a big-ass half point, man. That is a big-ass. We should talk to Chernoff and these guys from time to time. Uh, I'm sure they do a lot of shopping, a lot of shopping. Oh, yeah. And I guess for the book – there's value in being a half point different in the sense that anybody that likes the Bucks or anybody that likes the Packers should be laying the three at points bet. Like that's what they should be doing. If you like the Bucks, you should be getting three and a half somewhere else. So I feel like on some level, there's some value in being different by a half point than some of the other books or maybe all the other books. Yeah, well, points bet very close to three and a half, too, because if you look at the juice on that three, it is uh, minus 121 on Thursday morning. So uh, a couple big bets, they might go back to three and a half. Who knows? Uh, a lot of the action probably going to come in 
over uh, the next few days. We know it really kicks up on Saturday and Sunday, but now Thursday, Friday, we'll see how the money rolls in. So the most fascinating part, I, I think, of both games here, what's up in the air right now, it's all about Pat Mahomes. And e- everyone is writing about the value of Pat Mahomes to the point spread. And, and Ross, as I read more quotes for more, book, more and more bookmakers, it seems like everybody has a different opinion. Like I'm looking today, it was posted last night by our guy Vic Chalksy on betql.co. I tweeted out the link at Joe0670 last night. I retweeted it. He spoke with three different bookmakers, okay? Three different bookmakers about the value of Pat Mahomes, right? And so if you look at, let's start with our guy over at PointsBet about his opinion on how it would move if, if Mahomes is out of this game. Menino says, it's a solid drop from Henny. If Mahomes is ruled out, you could see this game at Buffalo minus one or minus one and a half. Buffalo favorites. Okay. Chris Andrews over at the South Point in Las Vegas. He says, from Mahomes to Henny is about a five-point difference. The line would be Buffalo minus one and a half, Buffalo minus two. So they're, they're along the same lines of, line of thinking there. And if you go to the Superbook, here's Jay Cordegay. Jay Cordegay. We always talk about the Superbook, one of the biggest sports books in Vegas. The magic number as to Mahomes' value would probably be 10 points here. 10. Like Chris Andrews at the South Point is saying five. And Cordegay at the Superbook is saying 10. So if for some reason now, I don't think either of us expect it, if for some reason that Mahomes is ruled out, we're looking at it Thursday morning, it's KC minus three, and the Superbook is saying, we might have to go with Buffalo minus seven. That's that's how some feel over there. No way. They won't do it. First of all, first of all, he's playing, okay? Yes. Like, if they didn't think he was going to get cleared – they wouldn't have given him every rep yesterday, Joe. The guy's playing. They know he's getting cleared. I, I would be to I would say it's 99 point something percent he's playing. There's no way in my mind you would give him every rep if you thought there was a chance, a decent chance Chad Henney would be starting. I just don't believe that. Especially, by the way, because he's got a foot issue, too. So I think he's playing. That's number one. Number two, I thought it was very interesting. I had not heard anybody else say this, Joe. You know on Thursday mornings, I talked to Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker podcast. We don't even have Eli here to get mad when I say that. Ross Tucker podcast. Ross Tucker podcast. Ross Tucker podcast. Anyway. um, So he said, Mahomes really hasn't been playing that well over the last month. You know, he's not always throwing it in rhythm. He's moving when he doesn't have to. And I think the thing is, Joe, is his not not well is still really good. So you almost don't notice it. But he's not playing as well as he was earlier in the year. And now he's got the toe. Now he's got the neck or head or whatever it is. So it's kind of interesting to see that, I, I don't think t- – 10 points is too much. Um, I think Fezzik on Even Money podcast said eight-point difference. 
because he had Mahomes as being like seven or eight points better than a than a replacement level. Or maybe Eager said that. Was that Eager? Uh, I'm forgetting. <laughs> it might have been Eager who yeah. said that. Um, again, I look, I think it's a fun thing to talk about, but I think ultimately irrelevant because I think Mahomes is going to play. I would put – there's no way if it's Henny that I would have the Bills favored by a touchdown or more. I feel I, – I can live with – I can live with anything from three to six and a half. I don't think you get to seven if if it's if, – if, if Mahomes is ruled out. Yeah, you still have all those weapons. You still have Andy Reid. Yeah, I – I could Let me ask that. you this, Joe. Yeah. What would be the line? Let's say the Browns had won that game. In your mind, what would be the line for Bills-Browns AFC Championship game in Buffalo? Oh, Bills-Browns. Okay. Mm. Bills. Man. See, because when you slay that dragon, when you take down KC, now everybody's on board, right? Now everybody's backing you. You go Pittsburgh, then you go Kansas City. It would still be the Bills' favorite. I'd say around three and a half. So what I think find interesting about that is the Browns were ten point underdogs against the Chiefs almost right. all week. Yeah, and the Bills have been three point two and a half three. So that's a seven-point difference. But they're also two, two and a half, three because of Mahomes. So if Mahomes is healthy, they're easily four, at least four. Well, so you, so this is very important for our listeners, very important. You are predicting right now when Adam Schefter tweets that, that Patrick Mahomes has officially been cleared to play, you are predicting the line will go where? Well, it's not. It's the only question is: Is it getting off the three? It's tough to get off the three. Yes, I I do think that momentum will take it once word gets out. Momentum will get us there, and I'm not sure that that's the right side, Ross, because of the the public money. So, all I'm saying then is, everybody that likes the Bills should wait until that tweet comes out. Right. Let it at least get to three and a half. Four if it does, and then take the bills. 100%. 100%. And, you know, what Cosell said to you, it's accurate. I mean, look at look at the – just look at the results that we've seen. I mean, we keep talking – we're going to keep talking about it until they cover a spread. The Chiefs haven't covered a spread since November 1st, right? What are we, 80 days now? 80-plus days since they've covered a point spread in the NFL? And – in the first half of the year, when they were playing better, was the last time these two teams played. Chiefs outgained the Bills by 260 yards that day. Chiefs ran all over them, 245 rushing yards. They, they dominated the time of possession. They had the ball for 38 minutes in that game. I, I don't think there's any way uh, we see a repeat of that. No, but... I'm curious. Look, they're not going to do the exact same game plan, but what was the final score? 26-17? Correct. I mean, they only gave up 26 points. 
I, they played a lot of two deep safety looks. They were not going to get beat over the top. Now, I saw where Jordan Poyer said this week already that they're going to be more aggressive this game. They're going to be more aggressive. They played a lot of soft zone, a lot of too deep, and they said, we don't think you can beat us running the ball. And they did. They ran the crap out of the ball. That said, they're not going to – I don't think they would run it as well with – by the way, remember when we thought it was a big deal that they got Le'Veon Bell? (laughs) Does he even play for the Chiefs? No. Well, it it was funny. Like, during – this past weekend, I guess just because it was on TV, I watched more pregame coverage than I have all year combined. It's just on in the background. And I I see all the guys in the studio talking about how much of – how much uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to be a part of the offense? Non-existent. Like he's going to be the difference in the game. I think it was Cower that actually said that he's going to be the difference in the game, uh, but with, with no Ceh. Like, nope, not at all, not at all. It's bring in another D. Williams because that's what they end up doing. They're going to get the work. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's pretty interesting. I I really thought, especially with Clyde Edwards-Elair out, that Bell would have a big... A bigger impact. They trust Daryl Williams more yeah. than Le'Veon Bell. You know, we saw the same thing last year with LaShawn McCoy. They brought him and they thought, you know what? No, we kind of like this other unknown guy. We they they prefer Damian Williams over LaShawn McCoy, and they prefer Daryl Williams over Le'Veon Bell. Russell, let me ask you this. Uh obviously a big takeaway from just getting here with the four teams that are left. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the week. You you have some aggressive coaching. You have elite quarterback play, the GOAT, and then the other three guys, top three QBR, top three EPA, they're going to be top three in MVP voting with Rodgers, Mahomes, and Allen. It, in 2020, 2021, and I'm looking at these defenses, excluding Tampa Bay, middle of the pack, Buffalo, Green Bay, Kansas City, when you look at DVOA and some of the other metrics, uh, they're good enough, just good enough. Middle of the pack, and uh, they're just elite offenses, all of them. Top five, just about every stat category you want to look at. How much do these defensive matchups truly matter when we are looking at elite quarterback play, play callers, and weapons on the outside for all of these teams? So it's a great point because I, I think it matters more than we realize You know, it feels like this year, Joe, the recipe is to have an awesome quarterback and a good enough defense, right? Yep. 
But then you get to these games, and it's like that Tyron Matthew pick was huge. The Sorensen play where he, you know, he, he knocked the ball away from Higgins with his helmet. He should have been flagged, but whatever. The Sorensen play was huge. The Chiefs actually holding the Browns to a three and out after the Henny pick in the end zone. That was gigantic. So you're talking about three different major defensive plays in that game that were a huge difference. For the Bills, Joe, was the pick six? That's the biggest play for the Bills in 27 years was that pick six by Taron Johnson. The Ravens were going in to tie the game. He goes 101 the other way, changes everything. So while they're not dominant defenses, it feels to me like in both these games, and this is not like, if you ever have an analyst come on a show and say, Troy's just going to come down to turnovers, right? Turnovers <laughs> difference. Like, no shy Sherlock. We get that. But the truth is, is when the spread is what it is in these games, and we're thinking that they're going to be field goal games, which I love, it, it really is going to be who makes that one critical error. You know, the Saints win that game. I think, Joe, if Jared Cook doesn't get the ball punched out by Antoine Winfield Jr. It's 20 to 13. They're in Bucks territory. They're going in for a, to go up by two scores. I forget what yard line it was, but Cook had it, got a first down. Winfield punches it out. That was gigantic. That was absolutely gigantic. And it's fascinating also that both of these teams played in week six this year, and Tampa housed Green Bay. It was 10-0 Packers at the end of the first quarter. Then there was a pick six, and it all turned. This this unbelievable Green Bay offense, year two of LaFleur's tenure up in Green Bay, 201 total yards. 201 total yards in that matchup. Also a situation where I don't think we're going to see a repeat of that. 38 unanswered points. Um, so AFC Championship, Bills-Chiefs. What What is the matchup? I, I know when you turn on the TV, any preview that you look up, every story right now is Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. But, but let's look at some other stuff. Let's look at this Bills offense going up against the Chiefs defense. What is key for both sides? Well, so unlike Mayfield, the, the thing is for the Bills is they really don't even care to run the ball that much, as we know. Like, they've kind of given up on that, mm-hmm. which used to be the thought process of that's how you beat the Chiefs, right, is to run it. You know how what the Bills' philosophy is? We're going to have our best player throw it to our other best player. That's their philosophy. As much as possible, they're going to have – Josh Allen, throw it to Stephon Diggs. I think – I'm going to call this right now, Joe. I think Josh Allen's legs become a huge factor in this game. Huge. And I don't think Mahomes – I don't think with that toe, his legs are going to be as much of a factor. I'm just telling you right now, I kind of – when this game when this, when this line gets up to three and a half or four, give me some Buffalo, man. Give me some Buffalo Bills. After Mahomes is cleared, three and a half, four, I think it's a close game. I think it's a field goal game either way. I think that toe is an issue for Mahomes and does affect him a little bit, his movement. Uh, Josh Allen looks like he's healthy, ready to roll. The Ravens did a good job against him, 
but the Ravens have a really good defense. The Chiefs really don't. I think Josh Allen's legs become a huge factor in this game. I think it looks more like the Colts game where he had 300 yards passing, 50 yards rushing. Yeah, I could certainly see that. I mean, we watched Mahomes hobble around even in that Cleveland game. And after that 11 for 12 start, like things were starting to turn. You know, it, my, my gut reaction was, oh, yeah, uh, the Chiefs would have covered the points, but if Mahomes is out there all game, now I wonder. Now I wonder. When you still really break down the tape, listen to guys like Cosell, and, and we'll talk to Matt Bowen about it later, I do wonder if they would have covered the spread. I think so, but who knows? Uh, the weather forecast, it's Thursday morning again, but uh, for Sunday evening, they're looking at 32 degrees, it's going to feel mid-20s, 11-mile-per-hour winds, overcast. So don't see anything about the snow, Ross. So that's good for you, right? Well, <laughs> it's, say it again because I thought it was freezing rain. Oh, they said freezing rain? Okay. I, I've been looking at it a lot, and I, I think, I've seen a lot of stuff about, about freezing rain, which is the worst. Oh. The, the absolute worst. Because once you get soaked, now I'll have all water repellent stuff on, but still, man, because I'm out there. I'm, I got to ask Jay Feely where they let me be, because I'm like in the second or third row. I got to get, I got to get the prime position in the uh, second or third row, and um, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, if it freezing rain. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that that really gives an advantage to either team. They're both kind of used to it at this point. And they both have quarterbacks with really strong arms. I guess maybe sounds weird to say this, but the Chiefs run it a little bit better right now than the Bills do. Yeah. But really, how about this, man? You got two teams. They really don't want to run the ball at all. Think about that. They really <laughs> don't want to run it at all. Is uh, is it tougher on offenses? I'm thinking about this total of 54 here. Is it tougher on offenses if those are the elements that you're dealing with? Or is it easier? Offenses know where they're going, like the receivers, um, and th they can get past defenders a little bit. Or they'll be slipping and sliding all over the place as they're trying to figure out which direction they're going. I think when it's snow, it favors the offense. Unless it's like a foot of snow, right? Like, unless it's like a ton of snow, I think it favors the offense. I think when you get freezing rain, that makes me worry a little bit about catching the football. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, then you're getting wet gloves, wet ball. Then you have more drops. And for two teams that throw the ball a lot, that probably leans more towards the under because you get some drops there. Yeah. Uh, any other matchups that we need to take a look at that we have not addressed yet since uh, you've been getting ready for this one all week? Yeah, I mean, I, we talked a lot about Mahomes. I really do think the most interesting aspect of the game, two things. One is how much do the Chiefs blitz Josh Allen? They like to blitz a lot. Allen's been very good against it. And then on the other side, how are the, how are the Bills going to play this? You know, they, they decided last time that they were going to play, like we said, those two deep safeties, and they were going to let the Chiefs run it and say, we'll, we'll see if you can beat us by running it. I don't think they do that this time. So how patient will Mahomes be? What will they do in terms of throwing the ball? I, I just – I'm curious to see what the Bills do with their safeties, 
how aggressive they are. Okay. Uh, can't wait for it. Chiefs Bills at the moment. Kansas City favored by three, total of 54. It's not 100%, but we're saying on this show it's 99% that Mahomes is going to be out there. And the reason the books have lines out there is because they have to have lines. As long as some other book out there has lines, you have to have them, plus you want to take in as much money as possible. If you move it around, if uh, one side you have a ton of money on, you want some money on the other side, all they got to do is move it a half point off that three. It's, it's not hard to do. They'll figure it out.